0: The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable
1: for family viewing.
2: right game
3: I can see you now, Steve. You're listening to Order 66. <laughs> Welcome to you by am Studios, D20 Radio. The superlative nature of the Order 66 uh, podcast is here for uh, episode number 9,
4: and we're live from ReaperCon! <laughs> woohoo! Yeah, woohoo.
3: How about that? We want to say hi to everybody who has braved the morning uh, in uh, Fort Knightley, previously Echo Base, and uh, we appreciate you guys being here. But hey man, we're here at ReaperCon. I'm Dave, GM Dave, one of your hosts, and uh, here's GM Chris. What is up, Gamer Nation? Jim and Chris here with a whole bunch of friends, fellow gamers, sicko huh? uh, weirdos, and uh, people that I am proud to game with. Um, so, hi, everybody. Hi, Chris! <laughs> hello. <laughs> Say hello. What's up? Hello. There are a lot of people
2: here.
3: Hello. 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 All right, so we have a bunch of hellos.
5: Hi, nice to be here.
3: Hi. Hey, how you doing there, eh? So it's been a whirlwind really weekend. I'm very exhausted and tired. We've had a lot of fun. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, in this extra special, unusual, a little broken from standard episode. Yeah, pretty much. Um, all of our uh, wonderful things that have happened during ReaperCon um, and all the cool gaming, especially Star Wars related that we've had. But we do have to take a few moments um, at the top of this show to announce something that is a little somber. Yes. Um, but it's important, and we do want to uh, pay our respects. Um, a lot of our listeners are familiar with one of Order 66's uh, first co-conspirators in the D20 radio network. Yes. Um, game fine, On. Game On, uh, the fine Board gaming podcast, uh, hosted by Andy and our own Fiddleback. Um, and I love that show. Absolutely. I absolutely love it. Um, uh, so this, uh, I think was this past week... Um, Uh, Andy uh, passed away, and um, I'm going to miss his infectious laugh. Yes, we all are. And his gaming enthusiasm and uh, big man's heart was pretty intense. So, from all of us, we miss you, Andy, and uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you. And your family, and Brian. Brian, you know, they're like brothers. (laughs) So, thank you, Andy, for all the memories, and uh, we will hold them forever. Absolutely. Now to pick it up for just a little bit. It's Chris's birthday today. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Chris
3: he's is finally 21. He's as old 21. as
2: Jesus.
3: He's as old as Jesus.
2: He's as old as Jesus.
3: Chris says he's as old as Jesus. I'm kind of thinking of being the amateur Bible scholar that I am. I know what that means <laughs> yeah, I for, I forgot. I like I knew it was a birthday, but I forgot until yesterday. I had to be reminded. Shout out to the kid wearing the Gen Con shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Who
3: are you, man? Yeah. Josh. Josh, come here, Josh. Somebody give him a mic. Hold that mic right up to your mouth, like this. Say hello to everybody. Hey guys. <laughs> they can see you too. You know. I can see you too, right here. You can you can wave to the multitude of masses.
6: So were you at GenCon <laughs> Gen two thousand eleven,
4: man? Yeah, I was. Fantastic. Was right here.
6: Sorry. Yeah, I was. What did you play in Reaper Cup?
5: Um, I played the uh, Dark Carnival one. Yeah. I don't exactly remember the name of it. The
3: the zombie Doctor
5: Dr. Dr. Maniacal. <laughs> um, <laughs>
4: Doctor
3: Maniacal's I, Mechanical I,
5: Menagerie. Yeah. Ah. Doctor Maniacal's Mechanical Menagerie. Yes, I've also Family played. I also <laughs> played last time I was here. Uh, the Pathfinder game. Which one was it?
3: Oh, the one with Greg
4: Vaughn. He <laughs> yeah. won, yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just
3: say that. Oh, that one. Everybody knows that one. And, uh, for those of us who aren't familiar, you are the, uh, one of the many spawns of one of our famed uh, uh, formites. mites, uh, Jawas, Ate My Jedi.
5: Yes, I uh, am his stepson. That's fantastic.
3: Uh, it's Mr. Ray Brewer. So, dude, glad to have you here, man. Have you had fun at the time? I
5: have. Excellent. Thank
3: you. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you
5: for joining us. Thank
6: you for
4: having me on.
3: And I want to bring somebody else on who's very important to us, and that would be Reaper Brian! Hi,
5: everybody.
3: Owner, operator, and chief of everything at Reaper. He's called the CEO, and no, oh, no, no, not no. really. But, you know, <laughs> to us, he's uh, as, as important as anybody around here. And we want to thank
5: you for letting us set up here in the middle of your show. Oh, thank you guys. I mean, I love having you all here every time. Um, you guys, your fans, the guys in in uh, gamer Nation out there, uh, just the best people in the world, the kind of people that we want to encourage to come here to ReaperCon and have a good time because, you know, we it's a job like any other and it's full of stresses and, and things that, that sometimes stress you out and, and freak you out. And being able to interact with you guys kind of recharges us and revitalizes us and shows us why we do what we do. Awesome. Thank you. So it's been an interesting time. Uh, the biggest so far, yes. I think. Yeah, we've had uh, we had well we had twice as many pre-register this year as ever before. Uh, I have not yet seen the final headcount, but just based on how many goodie bags we went through, I think we had almost 100 more people than last year. That's fantastic. Uh, nice. um, and we had some pretty big events. Um, I got I got the pleasure while
3: I was running Star Wars to glance over and watch uh, Monty Cook. Who was in attendance? Uh, demoing Numenera. Numerana! <laughs> <laughs>
4: Numerana,
3: as Dave calls it. Um, uh, and God, I mean, you, you basically we had to, we had to divide into two locations this year. It was—it was—we mm-hmm. to be so big. and we you filled out a hotel
5: and here at Reaper Tower. Yep. So, aw. <laughs> yeah, we're. What's funny is that this year we added 5,000 square feet to the warehouse, and we still had to expand events out into the hotel just to have enough room for all the activities here. Those bones.
3: <laughs> that take up so much space.
5: <laughs> well, we've had a fantastic time, man, so thank you. You're, you're um, very welcome. We do this for you guys and for everybody out there listening and for all the people that are here and all the people that have, have been coming and all the people that want to come. And this is, this is really about y'all more than it is about us.
3: Thank you. But for all of you watching and that are going to be listening to this, we're going to be talking about some of our experiences at ReaperCon, but we want to encourage you all at the start now and much later to get your butts out here. It's a fantastic convention, and um, you should come.
2: And lots of good people.
3: Lots of good people. So,
2: so, so. That's the one thing about any of the conventions I've been to, ReaperCon is the one that has some of the most kind people I've ever met. They're so giving. And so helpful, and I'm not talking about just the staff, but the attendees. And that's because it trickles from the top down. The people who are running it are kind. The employees and the volunteers get that. And so then they're kind to everybody. And then it just everybody picks up on that vibe. And it's it's a wonderful thing to be and it makes it so pleasurable to be here. And if you've never even painted a mini in your life, it doesn't matter. Somebody will learn. sit there
3: and teach you how to do it. You sit Someone down, yeah, will teach
2: you. Mm-hmm. Somebody will, will be able you know, to find you and teach you and and it's it's a great place to come out to. So I mean, you,
5: you painted your first mini a couple of years ago here at ReaperCon and then yes. last year you won a silver medal?
2: Last year I won a bronze. A bronze. And then um which all it did was make me more excited to <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure y'all know that. So yeah. <laughs> makes you even more excited to then want to come back and then paint some more and, and enter again. And so then this year entered again and got a silver. And so then next year, you know, hopefully keep improving and doing better and better. So yeah, I've only been painting honestly and only done like not too bad three finished minis before I entered. But it was because I had so many people around willing to help and give me advice that made it to work oh, okay, here's some neat things I could do to my Really good and it's fun. It's a way to meditate and relax. You can't think of anything else
3: while you're doing it. Yep. So pass the mic and let's uh let's do a little quick intro of everybody at the yeah. table. Let's yeah. let's do our introductions. Let's do our introductions. So we'll start with uh oh, nice. Reaper Brian, everybody, thank
4: you.
3: Off to do his duties of ReaperCon. He said <laughs> duties. <laughs> so wait, right, I gotta follow that. Awesome. You do you have, have to, to follow guys. that, you know? No, please.
1: yes. So quick
3: quick introductions, folks. Who do we have around the table? What D20 radio, Gamer Nation, ITES, and convention Goers do you have with us? This is GM Phil from Fragments from the Rim. This is GM Chance. This is Rikoshi. John to my Jedi. <laughs>
4: GM
3: <laughs> GM box <laughs> And I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. I can't believe nobody never. do. I you was going to do it. To...
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do it. It's
3: been so long. I forgot, I forgot that's even a tag anymore. Now. I know. None of us listen. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm so oh, now. hey, it's we're going to we're gonna get one live.
6: We're going to get one live right here. Yeah. Uh, I'm listening. Okay. I never listen to this podcast for real. Because <laughs> I know where these guys live.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, don't forget T G.
2: Yeah. This is Twilight
4: like Mass, and I never listen to the Order Sixty Six podcast at ReaperCon with my clothes on. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> <He took laughs> you did the BBC morning. <laughs> yeah, we did do the
3: BBC morning. All right, we'll get started with two uh, with the official uh, staple of the show right here, and uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes
4: you you. you give you. you give you give give you you. give 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 you.
3: So for those of you that are new to the show, or even old hats, there's a uh, Stormtrooper Poetry, of course, by Fiddleback. And a new entrance from Darth Pseudonym, Stormtrooper Haiku. Stormtrooper Haiku. Haiku. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing how the the Star Wars universe works, this means that clearly there's an entire Haiku planet out
4: there.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we we absolutely love it. But uh, thank you very much, uh, Pseudonym. Keep those those going so we can uh, keep Fiddleback honest. Okay, so, Phil, are we going to have a fragment from the rim? <laughs> um, actually, yes.
4: Ooh. Yes, we are.
3: Um, this is my first RiverCon, and I had planned on coming down here quite some time ago. In fact, back in August or September. And I didn't come here just to game with you guys. I'm on a mission. We'll be back. He's on a mission from God.
4: <laughs> I'm actually a
3: little scared. Um, I'm, this is, I'm not going to lie. There's something I'm going on here. Because Phil uh, uh, and Bradshaw uh, you just yeah. left. That's a little alarming.
2: This I'm is okay. very,
3: alarming. Alarming. Yes, very alarming. It's Chris's it's Chris's birthday, so I have a feeling something is about to happen. This could be scary.
2: I have no idea. I'm actually a little scared.
6: Oh, they brought
3: you a child!
4: No,
6: sorry. If it's a giant cake,
3: I'm really excited about that. Wow. wow. Okay,
4: well, well, well there.
3: Let's, let's, uh, I got one piece of news that I want to get out there, so let's do that.
4: Oh, how cute! Thank you, Darren! Hello there. What have we here?
2: Good news. Uh, do we even know what
3: Star
4: Wars Wednesdays was?
3: Well, uh, there was a Star Wars Wednesdays for sure. We don't know what it is, but go check it out.
4: (laughs) (laughs) We have no show notes
3: prepared for this video. Yeah, we have absolutely no show notes prepared at all. But uh, one thing, and this is a little bit personal. You know,
2: it's just like the talent. To come in and think that they can just do whatever they want. Of course. You know. Are you calling me talent?
3: I am a prima donna. I know that.
2: I'm I'm saying that you you think that you're the talent. (laughs)
3: I'll
4: buy that. (laughs)
3: <laughs> um, okay, so one thing that's a little personal I put it up on the boards. Um, so um, I, I, I know of a, of a young lady um, who got kind of posed. So let me tell you a story about a, uh, a, a senior a senior that I have a, a great deal of uh, respect for, and um, every year, uh, a local school goes and does a, a scholarship competition or, you know, scholarship process for, for outbound seniors um, related to a specific, uh, a specific uh, organization within the school. And uh, the reason I'm keeping it kind of cryptic is because, quite frankly, I, I, I want this to be a surprise for the family. So... Uh, they have always had parents be on the scholarship committee, right? So this year we had some parents of, of uh, kids who have been around for a while, and unfortunately, um, the the parental bias just couldn't be contained within uh, within the scholarship committee. And uh, one or more of the uh, scholarship committee people um, leaked the in- leaked information about the scholarship process to one particular girl who was not going to win the scholarship, and and. So they thought, and um, it turned out, you know, her scholarship application wasn't necessarily complete. It was missing one piece of information, and they said, "Well, this the, uh, apparently gave her the impression that it was it was malicious that the leader of the organization withheld a recommendation when that wasn't the case, and it was uh, it was actually a mistake that no one asked the leader to make the recommendation for that kid." So, she made a Twitter post, you know, social media, upset that she didn't win. Well, this caused all kinds of drama, obviously, because no one's supposed to know the answer beforehand. And, uh, anyway, long story short, the poor kid realized that she'd messed up, that she shouldn't have posted anything, and she took herself out of the running. Of course, at this point, the entire scholarship committee got nuked, and they're going to start over because somebody violated protocol, and, and obviously violated confidentiality. So we nuked the entire week. I say week. Yeah, now I just gave it away. We we nuked the entire thing, and have uh, gone to out to some community leaders. But anyway, this poor girl, who probably, in my opinion, would have won because she was like ranked fourth in her class, had uh, all these community organizations and all that jazz, just pulled herself out of the competition. So uh, that was a five hundred dollars scholarship to send her to you know to help her out with books and stuff. So uh, I took it upon myself. To, uh, to start a little scholarship fund for her on Indiegogo. So long story short, if you guys are listening to this show and uh, can uh, pop out on Indiegogo, there's a uh, good kid done wrong little thing out there for 500 bucks. if we can make it. Uh, it's, it's over 250 already, and it's only been out there for like four days. And it ends Thursday. So if you guys find it, even a dollar, the place level's a buck. We're just trying to get people to give a buck. Give a dollar, give five bucks, whatever you can. So, we're going to go and search "Good Kid, Done Wrong." Yeah, "Good Kid, Done Wrong." Yeah, it's out there, and it's uh, it's under the Gamer Nation uh, banner. So, if you search for us, you'll find it too. So,
4: anyway, that was it. That was
3: it's my own little soapbox because I'm highly irritated that a good kid got screwed over by a parent. and that should never be. Word. Yep. This is agreement. Yes. Yeah. So what are we gonna what are we gonna talk about? We're
4: gonna talk about, Star Wars. Let's talk about some. Star Wars. Let's
3: talk about some Star Wars. You ran yourself an epic campaign. We had a good time. Oh, yes,
4: yeah.
3: we did. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, we uh, did. We had we had a really really good time.
4: Next um, year.
3: Oh, so what I'd like to do um, to start with is is kind of talk about the the, the plan. So as I was. Preparing to, you know, like I want to do, write an original module for Star Wars for reaper And, you know, the past three years saw the creation of the uh, Treasures of Destiny series, you know, the Crowley and Hawk, and its its sequels. Um, I started writing for this convention, and I I came up with an idea I wanted to do, and I started writing. And as I wrote, uh, it was actually going so fast that I realized that I had a story for a complete arc and, and potentially three adventures. And in the amount of time it would traditionally take me to prepare for a Saga Edition module and character sheets and pre-generated stuff and everything else, I was able to pull three modules together in Edge of the Empire. Um, I'd like to leave you all with that thought for a moment. (laughs) Um, uh, And just just leave it at that. But um, yeah, so we ran um, uh, three modules. And uh, I think you guys. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking here at, uh, at 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 Kevin and Paul. We have we have uh, Rokoshi and Antil Fox. You guys ran in all three sections. Yes? We didn't
6: get to the first one. Oh,
3: yeah, we did two and three. Just we did two and three. Five okay. Five um, five so five. before we talk about the modules and se- oh, your, yourselves, uh, themselves, talk to me about you guys in terms of you know you guys are very strong community members and you've been with us since the Saga Edition days. Um, and I know that this system is new for a lot of people. Um, had you guys played before or had you GM before? What was your history so far going forward, this things? So I had played once, actually in a in a game that Paulie ran uh, a couple months ago. Uh I hadn't finally anyone to get it on the table. Um I'm sort of one of the one of the two GMs locally that uh tend to serve on a lot of games. We had already had a bunch of campaigns already booked up. I think I'm in like five right now, and so there wasn't room for another Star Wars, so nobody had been running ahead, so uh, getting the plan at once, uh, just immediately, uh, just super intuitive like right from the get-go. Within like five to ten minutes, like, okay, I guess do this. Really so, I know you're in California. Yeah. Probably yeah. in Texas. So, you guys run this online, or? Uh, no, I was in, I was in town oh, okay. uh, in February, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Uh,
0: so, yeah, I ran for Kevin. Uh, Basically, the beginner's box set. Uh, you know, long-time Saga GM. I had I had some uh, convincing to do, and uh, there was a moment where I was reading the box set, listening to Order 66, and talking about the narrative die system, and it clicked for me. It. it was like that very big aha moment. I'm like I want to run this system. So I run it. I'm like now I want to play this system. So
3: <laughs> okay,
0: uh, this was the first time I have got to play. yeah.
3: One
4: big wire.
3: So all right, so now you guys have played. Multiple times.
4: Thoughts on the system.
3: And not more than just like, I, mean, I mean, yeah, pretty awesome. I mean, from, a, from, a, from a mechanical and a, and a player perspective, what did you guys think of, of the way the system worked? And what differentiates it both positively and maybe negatively from its predecessor? Okay,
0: so for me, the biggest thing about Edge of Empire is it's very, very rare for a role to have nothing happen. That's big. Not. in D20, you could have a situation where you make an attack roll, you miss, you're done, your turn is done. Not in Edge of Empire. It's rare.
2: There is always something going
0: on. There's uh, threat. There's advantage. There's uh, triumph, destiny, and this is this is the big thing about the system. If you like what's going, you know, if you like the action going forward, this is what
3: is the big thing about the system. Yeah, you're right. There's hardly ever a time when you're going to have zero successes and zero threat or zero advantage. So there's always something, you know, either you're going to get somebody else a boost on it, or you're going to get a setback die on your next attempt, or something, you know. Something good or bad will happen just about every roll, and that's, I find that... Use the narrative. Yes, and it makes the players think a little bit quicker, too, and it, it, to me it helps the story. Yeah, my, the big thing with me is that both well, from how the dice work and how initiative works... I've noticed that everyone is always interested, in, always paying attention. Uh, you know, in, in your traditional turn-based thing, you have things like, okay, like my turn's on, okay, I, oh, I rolled a four, I miss, I get up, I grab a drink, I go to the can, I come back in ten minutes and my turn again. You know, I, it's like let me know when I'm on. And this it's like the yeah. tabletop of people suggesting what to do with advantage, like, oh you should do this, that'll be awesome. Like, like everyone's everyone's always watching to give people cool ideas and for when they're you know, like, hey, like, is there an opening for me to get in on this now? Like the, the table dynamic is a complete you know difference from anything D twenty I've done. Um like yeah, I don't I don't see people bored, I don't see people fiddling with their phones like nearly as much.
4: Uh
3: it is it's just the way that it engages the, the players and the GM. There's a there's a very strong GM player control that sort of is formed by the idea of like, what you're doing Like you know, again like the, the player gets to suggest like hey like I want to do this whatever I And there's 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 a few things hard-coded, but not a lot. A lot of it's just really up in the air, you know what you think you can get away with. Okay. So that's it. um you got this. Is this is this is what your second time playing the system?
6: Uh, yes, this is my second time playing the system. The first time was the Thursday night before the con. Actually, convinced some of the, the real gamers to invite me into their group from the Real Gamers Podcast. Yeah. yeah okay. Bro, GM Brev and uh, Vlad, which I guess no. Sandy. I don't know, but, yeah. yeah. I was. I. Cat made the mistake of giving me her phone number, <laughs> and I texted her <laughs> relentlessly until she invited me into the group. So uh, yeah, that's who's, how that
3: happened. That?
6: Uh that? Christopher West uh, GM the beginner box game for us. Yeah. Um, it was really it was really awesome because uh, of course we're all spread out all over the country and um, I had we had to play via Skype. And I was like, well, you know,
0: I want to play. This fun.
6: Then I was like, I don't have any dice. And they're like, okay, there's an app for that. And I was like, all right, I can do that. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, there's
4: I was literally an app for
6: that. And I was like, all right, I got a smartphone. That's cool. Whatever. And then I was like, wait, I don't have a character. And, and um, they directed me to the actual site. Website had uh, a couple of the characters on the website yeah, for yeah. the beginner's box. So like, yeah. I had the beginner's box. Just pick the character you want to play. I played Mathis, and we had we had a blast. That
3: yeah. Awesome. yeah awesome. right. So, dude, you and I have been gaming together for forever, a decade or more. I mean, you were you were one of the people to introduce me to the hobby, okay, and um, uh, and send me over to the deep Edge. So, I'm you, sorry. You and I have been you you and I are OG game buddies, and we cut our teeth really really cut our teeth on my memories are West End Games D6 Star Wars and and then and then D20. Okay, yes. so. That's your that's your blood history for gaming. What are your impressions of this quite frankly rather different mechanic?
6: I mean, I love it. Whenever I first started playing I just I love it. But the, the, the thing that whenever you're playing E twenty and uh, you know a good gamer they want to say they want to get a, I don't want to say get away with but they want to they want to accomplish more than what the system allows them to accomplish right, right, right. they want to succeed you know they want to do that but if it's not defined in a D20 system you have to have a really generous or liberal dm to allow that to happen and that's kind of hard to find cuz you have a, a lot of hardwired that are like "Oh, well, not in the book you don't get to it right this system encourages that type of you know gameplay and it and as um, what? Fox? There you go. Uh, said it, it's it's from not just you and the GM interaction; it's the whole table interacting in a cooperative narrative, and it's just it's just awesome. And we were able to bypass a lot of the, the stuff just by and an example. One of it ones was like, oh, you got out of the the, the cell. It's like, oh, really?
3: Well, um, huh. I'm gonna put on a uniform.
5: Oh, there's a uniform. Look
1: at that. And I was like,
3: oh, that's awesome. Well, it's it like, I want to search around and see what I can find. You look got like, like three or four advantage in the check. It's like, I really want to find a uniform. I want to find an imperial uniform. So, yep, three or four advantage? Absolutely. You know? And, yeah, in that in
6: a, in a system like this, it doesn't actually have to be, like you said, you don't have to write those possibilities in there because you leave it up to your players to generate those possibilities. And uh, I think it, at first it's a little, might be intimidating because they, they've been told no no, it's not in the it's not in the text. You can't find it. But then, after, as you play Monster or get further into the adventure, it's like all the yeses come out, and then the whole table explodes. All oh, this, all oh, this,
3: and then the GM's like, "What?
1: How did you think of that? That's brilliant. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I forgot there was a gun on that thing. Damn it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that happened earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the the other really felt the other big change of mentality that I've noticed in playing in this system is, you know, your E20, like, you roll a one, it sucks. Like, all right, you roll a one, like, yeah, you waste know, your care. When despair pops up, it's like, something bad's going to happen. So, like, what horrible curveball of the <laughs> M.C.R.E.L.D. It's like, I'm dying to know what he's going to do with this despair that's going to just, like, pepper up those encounters that
4: we're in. But it's,
0: not,
3: but it's not just the, okay, I rolled a despair.
0: You have that interesting possibility is, I rolled a despair and a triumph in the
3: same role. <laughs> Holy cow, what, what's <laughs> that happen? it has happened? happened. It's happened a lot. It's happened a lot for us. I mean, a whole lot.
4: Um,
3: I was one of the, so I am, I, um, aside from these the modules, Friday night I ran a, a quote-unquote private game, a uh, request um, for a couple of, uh, a, a bunch of dedicated listeners um, and gamers that are here in the Dallas area that were not able to make it to ReaperCon proper, um, but they could come out Friday night. And so uh, I I went ahead and and I ran something custom for them. And I had literally a paragraph of notes, and I was eyeballing threats on the fly, which is so easy to do in this system, okay? And um, we had an absolute blast for four hours. The slicer in the group, the technician, rolled more triumph and despair than I've ever seen anyone roll in all the sessions I've ever run of this system, ever. Every single check had both triumph and usually despair in it. Her last check had... Two triumph and a despair, and uh, it was just it, really, it just it, your brain just kind of goes, oh my god, what am I gonna do with that? And we, had, we had absolute fun with it. So uh, I think the the like triumph, despair, triumphs like yes, no, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, yes. <laughs> okay, so Ray, take that mic, man. Hold that mic right up here because it's got a, it's got a short range. So, sir, Jazzy, my Jedi, Ray Brewer, the man with the minis, the man with the terrain, the man who has inspired us all with pictures of awesome, daring, do, and star wars gallantry on our forums for many years now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's good to see you, man. It's good to be here. Uh, so you played one session at Edge of the Empire. Yes, sir. And it was your first time. And we went we, we, with shotgun, man. You had to learn the rules very quickly and on the fly. Um and I, I find in my experience it takes mostly players a good session to sort of get the feeling of it and and I mean, what were what were your impressions that you liked um, it? different? I well I've bought the beginner box and mm-hmm. I've only thumbed through it and I'm like, um I'm
0: never gonna play this but after playing that one session yeah. my attitude's kinda changed and, I've actually had to I don't know, it might be sacrilege on this podcast, but I've, <laughs> I have friends across the pond from that Aussie cast called Saga
4: cast. They're great cast, yeah. And
0: man. I've gotten to know the guys from it. like They're talking game. about using a combination yeah. of Saga rolls
4: <laughs>
1: and Fantasy Flight System and run it together and take the good of the both.
3: Wow. Um, I'm, I'm telling you. So one of the things I thought of, I was thinking about this last night after arguing. All the work you do with terrain and minis is so amazing. I think that almost lends itself better to this system than Saga, because we don't have squares to count. You can take flat terrain with abstract ranges and without squares. Without 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 squares. And I I don't know, man. It seems like it lends itself just just a, a tad easier. Um, I'm just going to throw that out
4: there.
3: <laughs> The topic is that's a serious, <laughs> serious thought. Yeah. No, so actually, just to interject real quick, uh, the other day I ran into Ray in the Reaper store the other day and he's like, Oh, because I mentioned I was playing in your games. I was like, How is that system? He's like, 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 I bought the book. He's like, like, Is it really any good? He like, was very dubious.
4: I'm
3: like, trying to put <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, just like now, I'm like, no, trust me, I'm like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like I, was, I was reading the dice, and I'm like, I, I quoted your thing about the the the, the five minute version to, to do what the rule book didn't, to basically get the idea of the narrative dice across, like in person, like this is how it works, all right, and like people say, like, oh, okay, now I get it. Yes. Okay. Cool.
4: All
3: right, so we have initial impressions of the system. Let's uh. You want to talk about some actual gaming moments? Where do you want to go next? Oh, wherever you want to go, man. Yeah, I mean, gaming moments is good. Cause I got to play in your first. I got to play in your first. These guys played in second and third. Yeah. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. How much you want to talk about it? It's a question because you're going to be running it again.
4: I will be running it again,
3: but I'd also like to announce that um, uh, the modules are publishable. They are done. And huh. as I was writing them, I was actually putting the proper graphics in, I was formatting, I was PDFing with the intent of taking no more than one week after this show to take my playtest experiences from the first experience, refine all three modules further, and basically by the end of this week, all three of these modules wrapped up into one large adventure, which is called the Enemy of My Enemy, <laughs> uh, will be available at the d20radio.com website. Hey! available hey. for you all to download and play. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm interested to see, um, I tried to take the list to heart quite a bit. Um, a little things I found really helpful as a GM uh, for the module. Um, you know, what's the last point of the list? You remember? No. Triumphant triumph. despair. Triumph and despair. That's triumph and right. despair. Whereas when you're planning an encounter out, try and think about, for every encounter and interaction ahead of time, what potential suggestions you as a GM might make for your players for triumph, because it is ultimately their decision, and then what you're going to do for despair. And plan it out ahead of time and actually writing that into the module and putting a little text box for it specifically, tremendously helpful. Awesome. Uh, Jedi Morningfire in the uh, chat room would like to know if the uh, Treasures of Destiny modules will be up before these. They will not. <laughs> they will not. Okay. So you heard it here first. You'll be able to download these things sometime uh, in July.
4: <laughs>
3: oh, I don't know love. <laughs> Thank you. Happy birthday. You. No, end of this week. That's what we're hoping. End of this week. Yes. No, not hoping. Ever, uh, I'm not hoping. I've, I've, already, I've already made a list of the u- updates I need to make, a couple things I need to clarify in the module, because as I was, I was trying to run through it, I was like, I, m- I made notes of things that I knew how they were supposed to work, but I didn't think it was totally clear in the text from the following perspective. I need to update that, and we're ready to go. There you go. Do you want to get Arishel on a mic? Sure. Give her a mic. Ask
4: her how River
3: works. Hey. Do you play River?
2: Yes, yes, I did. Awesome.
3: All right, so force sensitive. So we have one force sensitive pregenerative group. Mm-hmm. All
4: right.
3: Um, it's
2: a little difficult to use the force. Yeah, because like, every time I tried to use it, I always picked up like, a dark hook. So
5: it's like <laughs> <laughs> a dark force to use it. You call them the
2: dark side frequently. Yeah. like, you're yes. like, pressure, like just do it. <laughs> do it. do it. Do it. Do it. Do
3: it. Do it. 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 <laughs> so, Arichel, what were your thoughts of the system?
2: Uh, it was really fun. <laughs> it seemed nice. more like an actual real life yeah. thing than just kind of going through something because you didn't really, you couldn't expect what was going to happen because no
3: Thank you. Um, and then, like unlimited possibilities. Un- unlimited possibilities. Uh-huh. Well, let's get onto uh, let's let's pass some mics back and let's get onto some of our, our favorite moments from the actual sessions we've run. Um, so right, I want to talk about one thing only because uh, in your first in the first module. This is where my uh, comment came in about I forget there was a gun on that. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. So you guys weren't around for the first module. Uh, we wind up in a docking bay, uh, hangar bay, where we're trying to get the spice onto our little onto our ship, but uh, we've got just basically a little hovercraft that we're going to load the spice onto. And earlier in air the adventure, airspeeder, air yeah, uh, that we had that we had tried to escape on earlier in the in the module and. Uh, we decided we were going to potentially fire on the Cloud City uh, police, basically, and uh, decided that was a bad idea. Well, probably. We were, shooting we were getting yeah, we were shooting yeah. That's a bad idea. We were going to we get jumped by these two enormous, uh, enormous uh, uh, beings, and um, all of a sudden, uh, Bradshaw says, uh, "Hey, remember that thing?" There's a deck gun on that thing. <laughs> and so uh, my character jumps on it, and uh, we made mincemeat out of his. Uh,
4: oh, look at
3: this. Uh <laughs> oh. Wow. Uh-oh. wow. I'm being accosted by a knight and a shadow trooper. Wow. We're going to business. Somebody get a mic on that guy. I got it. You gotta be here to see it, guys. Wow.
1: What kind of weapon is that, sir? Is that a
3: lightsaber? Negative. Ladies and gentlemen, on 2013. For the past five years, the Over sixty six podcast has been a guiding light for the Star Wars role playing community. You have featured the highlights of Star Wars gaming with the Saga Edition, carried us through the dark times after its cancellation and bringing us new hope with Fantasy Flight's Edge of the Empire system. Your messages of peace, love, and good gaming has nurtured gamers from around the world and brought many within the Star Wars gaming community together.
0: The 501st Legion and Rebel Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Star Wars costuming
3: organizations, have a special designation within our ranks for those celebrities who have promoted Star Wars and supported the members of the legions. There are many gamers and many Legionnaires, whose personal Star Wars saga has been enriched by your podcast. In recognition of your work, on April 12, 2013, G.M. Dave and G.M. Chris are officially welcomed into the 501st Legion as friends of the Legion, and into the Rebel Legion as friends of the Rebellion. We stand in support of your work and continued effort endeavors. May the Force be with you and keep those dice a rolling. Uh, <laughs> that's Thank you. awesome, guys. <laughs> oh, wow! Oh wow. oh, wow. You have swag!
1: You have swag! We have, have swag. swag! We have plaques for both sides.
3: Official commemorative plaques from the Rebel Legion, <laughs> from the 501st yeah. Legion. Look at that. I'm we saw that name region. badge that I have. That I was wearing Yeah. You guys have one of those for you in gold from each Legion. And we oh, also threw in a few patches from the uh, from Alderaan base and from the Legions in there. We thank you so much for your work, guys. Star Wars Gaming wouldn't be the same without you.
4: Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <clears> That's <throat> yeah, so cool, guys.
5: And now we can at least sit down and help talk about the show. Or at
3: least I can sit down. You're... Wait, 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 wait right here. I'm not going
6: to be able to sit
2: down. No, you're
3: not.
6: I mean, I can run, you know, wonderful
2: off on the thing, you know, but not...
6: I think about. we should stand there. You're standing. Come. I think you have to stay there. I think you
2: need to guard the whole <laughs> rest of the episode. Thank you. And there you go. This is awesome. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> We're
3: going through our swag now. Let <laughs> me <laughs> wow. see that? So, yeah. Um, you can also thank Zorsa for this. Oh, she helped Help yes. out in getting all this stuff done, too. Zorsa, thank you. Thanks, um, So, around about... What was it? February, we started hearing report that we hadn't heard anything that you guys were doing at ReaperCon, and like I said, I've been sort of planning this since September, October. Oh, oh all the patches are in the side pockets, oh cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we have yeah, not heard anything right. in February, so I got kind of worried that, hey, uh, are they actually doing anything at Reaper? Because I bought flip tickets. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and then I heard, oh, yeah, 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 Brad, uh, Chris Bradshaw said, oh, yeah, uh, I talked to Chris, and Chris says he's definitely going to be there. But Dave wasn't sure if Dave might be an agent. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been wondering why I've been asking so many questions on Dave, are
6: you going to be there? Dave? Dave? Yes. Dave?
3: Yes, I hear yeah. you. Oh, um, No, Nice. <laughs> Yes, and my deployment to Asia is not until uh, two weeks from now, so we were out. told that you know by the both legions. Hey, listen, if you're inducting them, they both need to be there. <laughs> so I might have screwed everything up in other words, but that's good. It worked out. It, it worked, worked, out worked out phenomenally, out. dude. That's amazing. We'll get photos with those, and awesome. us after the con because well, they want that too. Of, of course, <laughs> yes. This is fantastic, wow. guys. This is really, really. You join the, the ranks of such luminaries as Weird Al Yankovic, the MythBusters team, um, uh, all these, uh, all these celebrities and, and, and uh, scientists who don't necessarily do work with Star Wars, but do work inspired by or in support of Star Wars. Um, you go to any con anywhere, you show those badges, we got your back. That's so cool. <laughs> Happy birthday Chris.
4: Thank you, and yeah. Congratulations,
3: Chris. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. That's the nicest thing that's ever happened to me. And wow, is a lined Jedi outfit really hot in Texas? <laughs> yeah. I don't
4: even want to hear it, man. <laughs>
3: I have no. You have no idea how many layers of plastics going on here. Uh, Actually, I do. Actually, yes, you do. That's (laughs) true. My, my, Phil. Phil. I've, I've never seen you completely decked out in person
4: until today. Isn't it awesome? It is really, really
3: awesome. Yeah, you did a lot of
4: good work on this. So,
3: after completely derailing the topic of conversation, what were you guys talking about? We were talking about the first part of uh, (laughs) his uh, (laughs) "Enemy of My Enemy" series, but uh, I had just talked about how. Bradshaw talked me into getting on the, uh, getting on our little ship and using the deck gun against those big ass guys that were gonna that were gonna <laughs> us, but uh, we wound up making short work of them and uh, ran through a four hour campaign in two and a half hours because we completely decimated the last uh, encounter. But yeah, it was fun. It was really great. It was epic.
2: Uh, it was. It was weird. I was
3: not expecting that. I need to make more of that in the module. That's one of the changes I had to make. <laughs> Is, is uh, in case in case the uh, in case you guys did decide to fight the cops, I had to give you guys a weapon on your airspeeder. It's not a great weapon, and you probably still would have got mincemeat made out of.
4: But you know, you
3: want to give me the an option. a chance an option. Yeah, but when it? You put that weapon on the speeder, and then you have to the speeder there later to pick up cargo, and you're fighting two, you know, experimental super soldiers. You know, escape from a bioweapons program. Uh, that, you know, dropped two PCs in the first action they took. Spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler. Spo- spoiler I don't know it was going to go up, anyway. Uh, <laughs> dropped that's two PCs in the first action they took. Um Oh, yes. Only four of us. Well, there was only two of them, so that's, that's kind of it. There was only four PCs in that one. Um, said so, yeah, what's, yeah. They're like,
4: wait, we got that gun. We got that gun on the ship. It's so like, why not?
3: So, yeah. Somehow, I have a feeling that the... Warning shot that the cloud that Cloud City authorities are going to fire at you is going to hit and and blow up the gun. You know, at the same time, what was interesting from a game mechanic standpoint because all of us have played Saga prior to this, where vehicle weapons and ship weapons are not the easiest to shoot somebody with when it's not somebody in a vehicle or a ship. Right. Uh, that question came up, and all of a sudden, it's, oh, this is it, the new and, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was nice. rolling it. it was visualizing. It 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 it's like it's like. Is it harder to hit them? It's like oh, not really. Um, it uh, makes more sense to me. I mean, uh, you, when are talking a computer, it's kind of a, it's not like it's, a, it's coming from the blast, coming from a capital ship. And if it was, it would probably demolish the building. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was like, no, it's just 10 to 1, man. And yeah, one hit, like, it was like three points of damage. And I got 30 points of damage to the Sim Soldier. And the console, you know. and the, console, the wall, and the window, and everything around it.
4: Yes.
3: Oh, yeah, that was fun. You set, You set the building on fire. That was, that was my favorite part. It. I had that effect on people.
2: <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you can do something. Go all out. It, you know? All right. So when you guys were off preparing this piece of awesome, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we were talking uh, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with with Paulie and Kevin um, and Ray, Airshell and Chris uh, about their impressions of the, of the system first playing. Um, and so we then started talking about our favorite moments, like from I the games we played here at the con. Uh, favorite roles, favorite moments, Um, and don't worry about spoilers, because these modules are going to be coming up within the week uh, on D20 Radio's website, and no one listens to them so no one really cares. Um,
5: Favorite moments, guys?
0: I think for me, in the second module, it was that moment where River gets Taken by the soldiers. Oh,
3: okay. This, this, this is the perfect example of something that was not planned in the module, and the narrative dice ran with it. All right, and setting the scene, they reach the point where um, you're in the you're in the second act of the module of of, of the adventure of the, of the of the whole series. Okay, and you are tracking down these these roided out, you know, bioengineered soldiers, right? And you know where they're going to be. But you don't want uh, you don't want anyone uh, you, know, you don't want them spotting you as a group. So you decide to send one person, and you were playing. I was playing river, so river. the
4: sixteen-year-old,
0: seventeen-year-old, uh, horse sensitive. Uh, what
3: was it? I failed, but I had some. So so well, this is just it was it was so you you wanted to try and notice them. So, yeah. so you're rolling your perception. You had decent perception. I do have decent perception. But you failed, and yet you got a bunch of advantage. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, wow, well, well, you don't see them, you don't find them, because you obviously failed, and I asked you, what do you want to do with your advantage? And you were like, well, I can I bump into them, can I bump into them accidentally? And I was like, I think that's brilliant. And so you're sitting there ho-humming, and all of a sudden you feel this giant hand on the back of your neck. <laughs> <laughs> they find
4: you. you yeah. don't they find you. Why are you following us in the car?
0: And it was verbal diarrhea. Uh, <laughs> and I told the whole story, and, <laughs> it <was just> like <laughs> and the guy's like, shut
3: up. <laughs> and so it, it created a whole new scene that was not planned in the module, but actually worked into one of the, the partial avenues in which you could go, and they basically kidnap her. And, you know, they completely interrogate her and, and uh, eventually contact her her team, uh, you know, with a hollow her mesh tape to a chair, gagged, you know, with a gun to her head, saying, you know, ten minutes, one of you, be here, unarmed, watch you guys? click. And the party face, the noble had to, uh, you rolled well. He did. You rolled very well. Yes. He rolled extremely well. So...
0: Are you bringing muffins? No, they're not going to do me any
3: good. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was epic, epic, epic game. What else, guys? Other favorite moments? Um, for me, it was... This was the first time... I think this is a pre-gen characters. This is really the first time i played a character who really wasn't excelling at any overt aspect of combat.
4: Yes.
3: I mean, usually... I've I, I, I played other
6: um, you know, more was.
4: we, had, we,
6: had, we had was that lottery? Yeah, yeah, that was the same way. I, this is the only system that I looked at the characters and I was like, I'm going to play the face man in this system. Or the mechanic. Not the, not the super badass sna- sniper guy.
3: Well, the first character I looked at, I, I looked at the array of characters and I first looked at their names and their races and their faces. I'm like, you know, what? I've never played a Gand. i always liked Gand. I was a big fan of all from the X-Men series. Um, I, I, I loved how he talked, how, how, you know, how your self. Um, your social, so, sort of social and personal self-esteem dictates whether you refer to yourself
1: as I, your first name, or just Gan, yeah. It's insinuating uh, that you have very little, for, you've done something
5: to disgrace yourself, and this character's backstory had done that. So I'm like, ooh, this is cool, I'll play this. And then I looked over his stats, and I'm like, oh wow, okay, he's not that great at combat at all,
3: but my god, he's rocking the computer and mechanics job. All right, so I need to look out for, and I've played enough of the system, I've run enough of the system to know that the GM is going to have a lot of things for characters who do not excel at combat, gunfighting, melee, that sort of thing. You're going to have a lot of stuff for them to do. So I spent most of the games looking around going, okay, how can I mess with the environment? And that was a real fun aspect. If you can play this game without having, you know, rolling four dice for attack rolls, without rolling even any proficiency dice for tackles and still influence the outcome of combat immensely. You're gonna affect the battlefield. Opening and I love that. You know, slicing computers, yeah. opening you know, playing with cranes, knocking people off of cranes and having them plummet to their deaths. Ah you know, yeah, we know, did that. You did creating that. Creating cover, creating these There's so much you can do. And as I say, you don't get XP
0: for killing that guys. Right, yeah. You get XP for making it to the end.
6: I think my favorite moment of uh, your play at the end was successfully knocking out communications in the Stormtrooper-ridden area for a certain period of time. It's like, no reinforcements for you,
3: Imperial. That was great, because we're we're going from one break to the other. We first a technician. we first find some technician clothes, then we walk down the hallway, then we bump into three strong troopers. Hey, what are you guys doing here? Mug! <laughs> so now we're three strong troopers and three prisoners, and we continue stalking our way to the other brig, and we're into to some more strong troopers. They're like, what's going on here? We're transferring them. What do you mean you're transferring them? That brig's locked down. Listen, can we discuss this on the way? Because we need to get this hooky into that prison cell over there. The other one is, has a reactor leak. We need to know him. They are not going to lie.
4: Exactly.
3: All right, we're going to get there. and We're going to straighten all this out. And as we're walking to the other brig, I notice that has nearby. There's a computer terminal and a room. So I make a stealth check with a triumph and sneak away
4: <laughs> to go into
3: this other computer room. And I'm like, Chris, I'd like to spend my triumph to make the stormtroopers forget
5: that they were three prisoners
4: because they were so <laughs>
5: distracted with the giant monkey and the hot Twilight.
4: Exactly.
5: Yeah, that was great. So there's stormtroopers still- like, oh, yes, we're going to go these... June, <laughs>
3: and so you're on the other side of this wall at a computer terminal, slicing in, while this huge fight is going off across on the other side of the wall, and you're separate separated by doors. I'm playing with doors like I'll close this one, I'll open that one, I'll lock down communications, I'll lock down security canvas. And so and so you basically are, are on board an Imperial frigate and you're able to start popping stormtroopers in this area without the normal typical response what would happen as a result of that, because you're completely messing up the computer systems. My favorite part was when you finally, uh, not you, somebody else, I think it was, it may have been, it was one of the other party members who was taking a shot at a downed strong trooper sergeant near a wall. That was the sniper. Oh, yeah. That it, was it, what I it, was playing. Freedom. Okay. So you yeah. might have played sniper, and you rolled a despair. All right. And I was like, and so I was like, uh, you, you, uh, I think you missed him, but you rolled a despair. And I was like, oh, yeah. And so he's against a wall right against this corner. I'm like, oh, despair. Oh, yeah. So the shot misses and hits a power conduit, which explodes, and lights the entire area go out, and the computer terminal dies. And so the, the gang, who had been at this terminal for two, two, three rounds, doing something interesting each round with the computer's check to control the battlefield in some form or fashion, now lost all his power. But it was great. <laughs> Damn it! Yes, it was, it was very
6: disappointing to me for playing, going, coming from the face in the second one and then going to the sniper I was like disappointed at first. But I was like, "Oh man, this sniper's got nine damage. it has got like all this." Time. I was like, "Yeah, and it's Imperial sergeant's down on the ground." I was like, "Oh, I'm about to light this
1: guy up." <laughs> disappointed. I was like, "Oh." But <laughs> well, you did actually hit on that. But the way Chris described it is, it went through him that's right, he hit, and yeah. it hit the wall behind him. Yes. He on and yes, that's he said, oh, right. Please. Yes.
3: Ah, <laughs> of over <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Other favorite moments. I think it was the moment when everybody's like, "Oh, the Wookiee's about to tear into these three guys, and we need the armor on these stormtroopers intact." So the Wookiee slams his uh, vibroax into the ground and charges, and in one football crunching <laughs> blow, just crushes all three of them without destroying the armor. That was that was that was that was, that was pretty awesome. It I think it was uh, one was one had already been been popped, I think, and there were two left. No, the first one it was all three. I mean, yeah, the, first, yeah. the, first one, the first one it was all fixed. It all went hit by stun grenade first. Ah, so that's they were right. A little bit weakened, and then the, the, the Wookiee
4: tackle just stickman. No, yeah, the first one it was just like a
3: Wookiee oh. bowling ball. And <laughs> it, you know. I love it. You gotta love Brawl. And to go back to what
6: G and Phil was saying, it was like, this is the first system that I was looking at the NPCs and I was like, you know, I saw Frito, the um, Rodian sniper, and I was like, oh man, he's just like that crazy damage, but I want to play race. I want to play the talker. I want to play the face character, and I had more fun. whenever we went to the third session, and the uh, the other character who had played the system was like, "I want to play the face." looks like, "I was like a little disappointed." I was like, "I want to play the face." So <laughs>
3: tell me something. Well, how how much of that is it? Because usually you're the mid max guy. You do all the damage you can. Mm-hmm pull up absolutely everything you possibly I would like can so the largest sword possible <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so how much of a departure is that for you in your game style?
6: well i mean the the system lent itself to the game because like you said yeah I'm a in maximum on skin I, I understand that but when i'm playing the d20 system that's what is fun to play, because you want to own the, the game, you want to be like, I am being successful in the game, and how you do that is through, you know, like if it's playing a tactical game, it's being a combat
4: badass,
6: and that's why you want the biggest weapons, the strongest hit. In this system, uh, you're not limited to just that combat role. Like, you have the face, you have the charm guy, who opened up numerous opportunities with the advantages that are rolled in the um, second encounter. And then, of course, DM Phil with the mechanic who is just like
3: crazy with all that other stuff. And track. Hudson, you, you didn't get to play in the first act. No, I but didn't. That act actually has an entire social encounter where strain damage is taken and all that. And, and it is intended for the face or other to actually take point. So it becomes, you are a skilled combatant. Right. Like in that arena. And that becomes the arena. And uh, it, you know, we talked about that on a couple episodes ago. We talked about social encounters and, and the idea of a complex social encounter where you're taking street instead of wounds and you're using your influence checks to make attacks um, and, it, and and defend. It was just yeah. fate as well in that. Yeah, faith fate, fate, fate is a great deal. Fate is a great deal. So uh I go again against some of so another one that I not mentioned, uh, also in the in the third module with the, with the prison brain. So uh Bradshaw's Wookiee goes down, and there's still a stormtrooper like, standing right over him. Um Paul's playing River and sees it's so like a river's up it's like, oh that's like oh, oh, no. you know, this this oh, no. storm is gonna play. Yeah. You know, you have this escaped Wookiee prisoner, it's like they're gonna just, like cap him while he's down. So she's like, okay, it calls on the fourth, rolls two dark side picks. Yes. So we have like, three light side points left. And and to to, to figure, so for the character spec, this yeah. is a, this is a telekinetic savant. She had a couple of random force abilities, but no force power set for move. And she was spec'd out with the XP she had to where if, and she's only got one force die. There. Yeah. She's only got one force die. If she can roll two light side she could actually move and attack with a silhouette one object. And that's, no. that's, that would be the max of their abilities. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, you know, we only have three of these light side points left. It's like, all right, well, let, let's, let's do it, you know, calm the dark side, makes the roll. And, and triumph on the actual roll to hurl the stormtrooper, and uh, there's this really great uh, visual of just you know her, like there. You know, she's got like glowing yellow eyes and sort of hurling uh just you know one guy in the wall and then just chucking him down the hallway and, like knocking over the, the stormtrooper sergeants. Yeah, yeah, he was like trying to hide behind the wall. So. And and yeah. you, you rolled you, you rolled two dark side pips yeah. and made the call and I, I, I'm i actually not even sure if the rules supported using two but I didn't care because it was so awesome you're like I want to turn both of those into two light side pips to use move by converting two destiny points over to dark and I was like yeah, yeah. and that that like I believe that I'm not mistaken that was your, that let you one day, on one left you on, with one, on, left, one left, on. left and it was just the way you described the image of you know grabbing this guy hurling him against the wall to set forth is it's the last minion in a trio. It's like splatters, and then sliding him against the wall to knock out this Stormtrooper captain, knock him over.
0: So as as Kevin will attest, I typically play very heroic. Portions. This is the first time ever I have called upon the dark side yeah, too, right? to get something from. <laughs> All right, so I want to stop
3: down here for just a second, right, and uh, and say hi to Darren, who
1: is. Uh, you've been on the show. You've been on the show before, haven't you? A times. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. So I uh, just wanted to say hi. Hi. I have to say I, I have a very unhealthy attraction to Chris Bradshaw right now, and he's awesome. <laughs> Shadow, <laughs> trooper Shadow Trooper out. I, I think it's You're not the thing. only one
4: with
1: that attraction right now. <laughs> I, I, <I'm> <laughs> not, <laughs> I've, I've never been this attracted to another man, ever.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it Go may fine. just be the outfit. He's <laughs> more machine now than man. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's, he is twisted and evil, so that's <laughs> why black and armor, twisted and evil, yeah. <clears throat> Alright, thanks guys. Dude,
3: hey, thanks, and by the way, I had a great time playing for you, and uh, running for you and your group on Friday. I hope you guys had fun.
1: That was really good, actually, and I like that free form. Yeah? That was really, that was the by the fly as a GM, the by the fly being able to not have to reference any stats. That was super sexy. Is <laughs> that was your first time playing the system, yeah? Yeah, yeah. That was the first time with full rules playing the system. Uh-huh. So, and I got to say that the okay, there's minions versus leader guides and just the yeah. technicalities running it was great. It was yeah, really interesting to see you just be able to really engage with the players and not have to worry about stats and stuff. Yeah. So, great job. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.
3: Yeah. So, for Thanks, the, the private game I was saying earlier, I ran for him. Literally, I was eyeballing the threats. It was like, they came, I would say, okay, what are they going to fight, or what are they going to come across? Okay, I know, I know what wounds they got. Okay, I know what the dice pools are going to be. Okay, oh, this one's an adversary one. Okay, done. And that was it. So, it was a beautiful friend. Other favorite gaming moments?
4: <laughs> I
3: got one.
2: Oh, there we go. Okay, so I didn't actually play it at Gen Con. Uh, I'm sorry, game? at Reaper Con. But I did play it afterwards. We left early one of the nights and went back um, to the Stormtroopers uh, house and uh, played. And that was quite fun. So I, I played a couple with the new system, but obviously not as much as everyone else. And I like the storytelling aspect except for the fact that I really suck at it. So, I'm still used to the whole, like, roll the dice and then just tell me if I succeed or fail. And I get these um, advantages, and I'm like, okay, so what do I do with that? I don't know. Um, It makes them disadvantaged next time. And then Mr. Bradshaw over there throws out this idea, because basically I was playing the... The, the girl and uh, I, and it was the very first scene. And I wanted to throw some boxes with horsepower into the guy's face. Okay. so I went, I picked up these boxes and I threw it at him, but and you, you it didn't missed, succeed. I missed, missed. Yeah, I missed.
3: But you rolled advantage.
2: But I rolled advantage, and I'm just sitting there stumbling, like trying to figure out what to do with it. And then Bratch I was like, "What if there's glitter in the boxes?" And I was like, "That is freaking awesome." I just threw glitter. I mean, what what, would what, what a 17-year-old girl do? She would throw glitter at guys' faces that are trying to kill her. So that's what I Good did. A of glitter
3: from one of Lando's famous parties.
2: And then that was the <laughs> theme, the rest of the adventure. Any chance we could, I was throwing glitter at people's faces. <laughs> and they were fantastic. It was blocking their eyes, it was getting messed in sweat and goof and...
3: Okay, now this is this is a funny story, but this is an important point for listeners who are GMing the system, and it's something I've discovered the more I GM this, and it really was driven home for me at this time when you're talking about different kinds of players. You're going to have players that are comfortable with the narrative, and they're going to be comfortable making suggestions. You have players that are not. Okay, but you're typically going to find that the players that are comfortable making their aren't comfortable making narration are totally comfortable suggesting mechanical consequence. So, as a GM for the system, I'm finding it's imperative to be successful. To encourage both of your players and be able to supply one or the other. So if a player says, "I wanna, I wanna like, like, shove them out of cover," okay, and that's the narrative, you as a GM have to then be able to supply the mechanical impact of that and be like, "Okay, that's gonna be a boost out of the next person's action. That's gonna be a, a, a setback die for the next attack he makes." The converse has to be also true. So in your case, one of the things, well, I, I don't know what to do with two advantage. I want to give him a setback die. As a GM, you got to be ready to suggest the narrative for how that that's gonna happen to keep the story going, or better yet, rely on the party. And, again, that party interaction and party suggestion. So um, don't think about it just from a narrative perspective. If you have players that are comfortable with mechanics, they're not comfortable with the narrative, help them supply the narrative while keeping focus driven from the mechanic. I have to say that Sparkle Bomb moment was inspired by Adara from our uh, sweater guild. (laughs) Good Good old Order 66.
2: Sparkle bomb. Sparkle bomb. Sparkle bomb. I love that. <laughs> oh, we're gonna call it from now on. Spark- I'm gonna do sparkle bombs on everything every from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make little special pouches for my characters to carry around oh, sure, sure. a sparkle it's like, bomb.
3: That's a nice heavy blaster. Yeah, I call it the potassium. <laughs> <laughs> Bradshaw, like another, another great you know example of how the system works. It's allowing you to be like, oh yeah, like I, I throw glitter in its face. Like yes. if this were 4e, it's like, well, do you have The Throg litter in his face, power. Like (laughs) (laughs) now, (laughs) Walton's
4: middlehood. And that's true. Yeah, That's, that's the truth. Ray, you got a favorite moment? I have fun in the, the second
1: event, the last encounter, mm-hmm. taking out of the Cardan yeah. Rogian. So we
3: have
1: all these secreters, and then he takes
4: me out. <laughs> mean, that was that was
5: happening. It was like it was like you're acting. So there's this other other Rogian supreme hunter, and we
3: set up that relationship. So you know that this guy from this clan is like boss, uber oh, badass. Bad. And uh, <laughs> you you he he before he can like really even act, so you get out there. You spend two strain, you get two okay. maneuvers, You rush out of the cover uh, into a good uh, firing um, uh, aim, and make this massive shot. And you do like he like he, he, he pops eight like seven tenths of his hit. points right there. Boom. you, 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 you like ah. And so on his turn, he turns around and with his abilities, uh, spends two strain, aims twice, and drops in one hit. Okay, drops him. And so he's unconscious. Right, and meanwhile, <laughs> Arachelle, who's playing the force-sensitive uh, 17-year-old, she's like, she's like,
4: Oh no, Frio!
3: Alright, and so she, she spends two strain, gets an extra maneuver, grabs a stim pad, runs over to him, while well, leaving herself in cover, jams it in his thighs. And so in his next action, he's still prone. He's like, can I fire from a prone position? I'm like, sure, absolutely, you're a sniper, it's not a problem. Aims twice, and it drops this guy. And it was this, this like <laughs> and it was it was just before he was about to act too and he would have destroyed both of you So that was the second toughest threat in that encounter.
1: Support over here, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like that,
3: that that's another reason why I blended myself
6: to the, the face of the group because he had a, a power that I think you mentioned in the game was like no
3: one's ever used that power before. What is it? I like good. reading it. He had an inspiring expiry- rhetoric. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, and no one, like, three people who played the face previously, so and no one had used inspiring rhetoric. Not once. And, and was it was like,
6: yeah. Yeah, I read the mechanic uh, of it, and I, and I was like, you know, in maxing the system, I was like, so you're um, telling me that this sniper can take two maneuvers, take a little strain, and, like, just put some major was, hurt on this guy, and then this, you know, First instance can come over here, you know, she's very far away, take a little strain, and then put him back on his feet, and my guy can, you know, make a leadership check and wash away that strain. Don't worry about it, guys. I got this. You're still good to go. I was like, that is very impressive from a Charm face-type character.
3: Never underestimate the ability to heal any damage. Uh, It's it's somewhat hard to heal wounds back other than Stimpax, which is the finishing return of 5-4 but the ability, but strain is what strain is what will drive you in combat. It will allow you to move into position and be able to take certain shots by getting that extra maneuver. And some characters like the Rookie, only has nine strain. That really means he can only do that four times unless someone helps him get uh, and oh, oh, strain. Oh, and obligation was really at the start of that adventure. Yeah, so the entire party was down one on their strain social. So maybe it doesn't work as a but the Rookie had eight strain for one section. And it was like, oh, yeah. That
0: right. I mean, you can spend, you can spend some advantage to get back strain, but sometimes it's more
3: advantageous to use the advantage for something else. And then you're running towards the yellow and into the red. As far as I'm almost down, guys, we need to reflect strength. Yeah, inspiring rhetoric under power. Yeah, it really I mean, is. especially it's like, okay. Well, well, what should
6: I do? Should I, as a face-type character, pull out my blaster with, you know, two ability dice, or one proficiency, or whatever it is, and...
3: Yeah, one, one proficiency, yeah, one ability. one
6: proficiency, one ability, and, like, just fire wildly to try to make distract them, or should I, you know, really embrace the role of the character and do, you know, leadership, do coerce, do charm, to try to, um, you know, focus on, on the strengths of your character and provide the best doom to your party? And that's what lends itself to that, because even in a combat situation, characters who are designed with that type of social combat as a priority are still effective in actual physical combat situations.
1: Yeah, the uh, you played the you played Frio in, in, our, third game, in yes.
4: our third
3: game, but another guy played the face guy, and he actually used his abilities to distract as a true distraction to get. Keep the main guy busy while the rest of us sneak into position.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, at least attempted to. But that was the focus of it. Oh, that was that was that
4: was awesome. Yeah, yeah, gonna, so, uh,
3: gotta love using non-combat abilities in a combat situation
6: to help the party get where they need to be. Uh, you know, between that and then you know the uh, leadership. You know, it's all about teamwork in that sense. It's not about I'm the best player at this or I owned it. It's
3: what can we accomplish as a team. Okay, and th- now that that was another one of my favorite moments because so that was the that was the last session we played. Okay, and it was the third act. You guys are on board an imperial ship. You have just broken out of prison, the brig, and it's this very much like Episode Four style scenario. You're running through the corridors, trying to stay not caught, and you end up back at the docking bay where your ship is being held. And the BBEG is there, all right. And there's two entrances on the ship. There's this loading your loading dock is open, and then there's the main entrance, which takes you back to the BBEG. And the face of the party was. In stormtrooper armor because you guys have footprints wow. on. And I, I love this because he gets up there. He's like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna walk up there and I'm gonna try a total deceit and keep him distracted so my buddies can sneak past this open hallway to go out into the docks, stay on and get on the ship through the the cargo hold entrance." Right? And I'm like, "Oh, that's a fantastic idea." And he was so nervous. He was like, "It was so atypical of what he it was." He was like, "Well, no, you've already done the mission order. Right? I don't. I mean, do I shoot?" And the whole party's like, "No, no, do it, do it, do it." And so he gets out there. He rolls. He, he succeeds wonderfully with with like four advantage, but he rolled a despair. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this? And so he's he. I'm like, hey, we'll, we'll adjudicate that in a minute. And well, the party's already started to cross the hallway with this wonderful distraction. All right, and they're making their way through this long, circuitous route around to the docking area of the ship, of their ship, where they can get into the docking hatch. And I'm like, okay, it's time for that despair. And so the BBG, the BB <laughs> they're sneaking like BBG through the hallways, you know. Tip so the stealth guy makes it just fine, no problem That's at fair. all. Then he's like, Phil's character's like, I'm gonna need to be over there. Okay. So all of a sudden he starts creeping across. Well, that was that was despair. That was pure despair. pre despair. despair. I was like, I was like, the BB is like. Because the the decept, the deceit was, uh, sir, the prisoners have escaped, you know, and uh, he's like, you know, we we got we got to go get them. And I saw them over in, in this area of the ship, and you like to distract him. And the despair was, prisoners have escaped. They're going to try and get to their ship. Men, lock down the ship. Close the cargo. Yeah. Close, close the cargo That's Making it harder. Yeah. That's okay. making it harder and and put those pieces in a completely strange place on the map. And that's right. That's why I that's why I, I was following the South guy because originally the sniper was going to go and sneak onto the ship and get fired around I'm like. Oh god, they're gonna lock down the ship. He's gonna need me to open the damn thing. So I sneak across, I get a despair. So halfway across the hallway, I'm
4: just like
3: You got lucky, man. I had two oh I had two to start trip with Miss And
4: <laughs> Lug-
3: Gand is luckiest Gand ever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just really quick at the exchange we're, we're, we're making the escape and uh you know, he's, he's trying to fix the uh the hyperdrive and like my girlfriend's like it's like Gand, like hurry up on that it's like Gand is doing all he can. <laughs> 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 <coughs> that
6: was great. And I know that uh, we used uh, the the system works great because I played on yeah. on a, a sky chain and I, I had a blast with no map, no right. VT, nothing like that. But uh here here at ReaperCon uh you did bring some maps, I think they were provided by I I use I use
3: Chris West maps exclusively uh for mm-hmm. this particular venture and in, in the publish module you'll see see them I just think they're the most beautiful maps out there. Possible. Um I, I find Cloak, um, <laughs> clone um, uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 this is fair, it was brought to you by Christopher West. At Maps the best. Um, no, I, I find having, you know, because we, we played our first five sessions with Mapless mm-hmm. and and the first time I ever played with a map, it was like, it was wonderful to do it first because it breaks you from the square counting mentality, okay, uh, to do it Mapless okay. at first. And then you can go back to maps and and realize, okay, squares don't mean anything, I don't don't have to. But I will never not use maps again if I can help it. They provide so much detail and depth. Same goes for terrain. I'll always use it if I have it available to me. It adds so much to the scene, and there's things I don't have to describe, and it adds to the narrative. Because there's things I'll forget to describe, and the PC will look at the map and be like, oh, I see there's a power conduit here. It's like, can I do something with it? Sure. And it, yeah.
6: A perfect example that lends to that is uh, when we were going up on the BB. GE or the whatever
3: the big bad evil guy. yeah
6: that guy um we uh there the map suggested that you know there was an office with a window and the, and uh, some boxes yeah. above the window the rookie's like well I'm gonna go call in that window and well, Chris is like looking at the map and he's like well that's the glass window you can't break in and it was
3: like the game's like he's got toolkit. <laughs> Yeah, I got this. <laughs> in, in, my, in my brain, that that's the thing. This system for me is yes and. It's always yes and yes and. I, for a moment, there, I was sort of like, no, you can't, you can't, no, you can't. And then it took a player to go, well, I got a toolkit. So, oh, it's
4: okay, it, okay. Okay. He's, like, open the window. It's like, <gasps> yeah. It's like, alright,
3: give, give me the mage. Don't roll threat. <laughs> 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 it's,
4: like,
3: it's like it's like why would I not say no to this? Because even if he's successful, there's still the possibility he'll open the window. Somebody might get hurt. Mm-hmm. In which case, I'm fine with that. Where GM's there. It doesn't throw my account off one iota. Right. So it's like, sure, try it. But at the same time, don't be afraid as a GM to go, yeah, that little starfighter there, you're wanting to go, hey, GM, can I jump in that? Because that's on the map.
4: Yeah, so, uh,
3: no, that's a loading. Thing. That's a yeah. loading figure. Yeah, yeah, that I load really yeah, it was huge. Yeah, it was like, dude, is that a starfighter there? I'm like, no i <laughs> speeder
6: without a gun yeah, the first party used their guns so successfully to take out that one those big bad oh. guys they're like hey, before the encounter started there's guns on our ship right I was like what it's like well let me tell you about the encounter that happened in
3: the first <laughs> so yeah but you was know, like you oh, no yeah there's 100 star buttons on this ship they're all tie buttons in their own <coughs> days is, yeah they're all up there hanging the records. that's right Star Killer coming along, pulling them down. She's good, but she wasn't that
0: good. No, sorry. Not yet. Well, you know, power of the dark side, anything's possible. Okay?
3: Anything is possible. Well, I think
6: uh, is not the character? if the uh, like character's name like Dark? Uh, her last name, Dark something dark,
3: dark, 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 Spin. River, yeah. River, dark Spin. Yeah. River, a very not very not obvious, um, a very obvious homage right. to, to a yes. So, but that's
0: yeah. why I took your axe, by the way. <laughs> Just strap oh, no. it to my back.
3: <laughs> in every,
0: every scenario, that's why he's an axe. Right toward axe. <laughs> <Or, laughs>
3: Thank you for the clarification there. You're welcome. Oh, oh, uh, we're, oh, We're walking we're, yeah, the, the being escorted because obviously he doesn't fit in any, any of the technicians' uniforms or the stormtrooper yeah. of armor. Right. But it's like, okay, everybody else got blasters. Th- those can be explained, but a vibro axe? That's not standard issue equipment. So we wrapped it up and strapped it to his back. Me- mesh taped it to one of the straps of his back, and they were talking about it, it, was, it. Was the party face was like, "Well, we got we got mesh tape. It's like it was like, why don't we? Uh, it was it was it was, it was, <laughs> don't it? So it was like, I don't know mesh tape. Why don't we just mesh tape our weapons to our back? And and, and the, the, the no the guy playing the face Todd was like, "It's like Die Hard man. You just pull your weapons out from my and it's like we can mesh tape the Wookiee's fiberwax to his back. And he was like, No, not <laughs> no, we're not, you're not mesh taping anything to my fur. have isn't Um, yeah, we get braided. Wookie does not want a frazilium. Shaved Wookiee. Shaved Wookiee. I'm waiting yeah. for when Star Wars reaches a point in like ten years' time where they do what they did with Dark Sun and D and D, where it advances things like thousands and tens of thousands of years. You know, kinda like Eberon to three five where it takes the cultures into a board. You guys to know how Wookiees are gonna advance. You know, you're gonna see like how dwarves would shake their beards and everyone, you're gonna have Wookiees that like selectively shave parts of their bodies. You know. Clean shaven Wookiees.
4: Wookiee tattoos.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Wookie tattoos. Oh, yeah. Actually I have met a Wookiee with a tattoo. long time ago in a post campaign. Blaster Mark had permanently burned away the skin or the fur, so she got a tattoo in that spot. Very nice. Was it tattooed with fur? No, it was some hippie tree thing. GM, <laughs> 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 Chris, that was a bit
2: offensive. I don't care. <laughs> I'm I <sorry>. don't <laughs> <laughs> we'll have any <laughs>
4: <Yeah.
2: It's bad. laughs> Oh, God.
4: I don't normally offend people, but I do. I don't um, normally offend people.
3: But when I do, I like to make it first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah,
0: ReaperCon 2013, first time here. Dude! Yeah, that's congrats. right. I know. Yeah. So excited bye, to come down. I'm
3: 76 so, does anybody here do something other than Star Wars? Or are we just not going to talk okay. about yeah, the other ReaperCon on the. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think we're going to get that in post. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so let's, let's get to that in post. We've had our Star Wars discussion. Right. Um, big thanks once again to the fine folks here at ReaperCon. I've said it before, I'll say it every year. This is my favorite convention, period. It's a convention I will always go to. If I am broke, destitute, and poor, I will scrape together and sell cans to come to this convention. Um, those of you listening, uh, I highly recommend that you guys come out. Hotel is cheap. <laughs> uh, great flights coming into DFW and you have enough friends here in the air nation who can happily ferry you from the airport. Uh, so, again, uh, we encourage you guys to come visit us at ReaperCon next year. Ryan, we have the dates for next year?
2: 24th through the you 27th. You don't know
3: off the top of your head.
2: 24th through
3: the 27th of April. Acrela, my wife.
2: And it's Western.
3: Bam. The, oh, Western. The 24th through the 27th of April. Next year. And it's a western theme, I believe is going to be the theme. This year it was Dark Carnival, which was, you know, yes. aw, we'll talk about that. Oh, what here he is. and <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what you were
5: expecting me to say.
3: I think we said it.
5: Yeah. We got I think, I it. think I think yeah.
3: Phil just jumped the gun and handed you the mic, man. That's it. all right. That's okay. He popped off like a 15-year-old kid. That's like a Jedi dog. Daughter <doll. laughs> here.
0: Wow. wow. I, I didn't mean like that. <laughs> 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 mind, right? wow. You're
5: you're just determined to offend everyone, aren't you? Yeah. Like I said. <laughs> Personally.
3: Personally. Personally. This insult was for you. Brought to you by Chris. This insult was Brought to you by Christopher <laughs> Webster. <Not> Christopher Webster. That's a
4: message. And <laughs> listeners like
3: you. Yes, and listeners like you. Remember, it's, the more you know. It's a time for promotion of <laughs> It's almost time. Guys, thank you very much for coming on uh, here to ReaperCon. We hope to see more of you listeners out here next year. We will be running Star Wars forever. I'm, the, only thing that, the only thing disappointing about this con, the one thing disappointing about this con, is that I couldn't run for enough people. I had at least half a dozen people come up to me that, like, wanted to play, and my seats were filled. So I'm like, I'm just one man. I think next year we're going to ask Reaper Brian for two tables, and I'm going to run with you.
5: Uh, or Otherwise, the shout-out goes out to you, Gamer Nation, to volunteer, contact Chris and Dave, volunteer to come in and run events for them so that they can run two, three tables, something like that. I see fist bumps with Paulie and Kevin. Well, yeah Be glad
0: to do it. If you to able to get
3: down here for another recon. you got me as a GM. So. You know you got a place to stay. Bang! Yeah, you, you at, well, now that we have two houses within five miles of reaper. This is, this is very good Yep. Ah, Alright, guys. This is GM Chris wishing you peace, love, and good game. And this is GM Dave saying, keep them dice. So roll are rolling. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, I have to take pictures to
4: Kathy. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, I was just thinking about this.
0: The, the, the asteroids.
4: See, this is, this is Chris talking about this. He, he remember the asteroids that he provided in the first time I came on,
0: and we got to. Use the concussion missiles. Yeah. Say you want to
4: twenty. That's it. Oh my god, it's almost
0: impossible. You roll it in this
4: system. That's it.
2: That's
0: see, everybody dancing it, for though. That's
2: an easy thing. <laughs> <laughs> it looks great, doesn't
4: it? And do the heart of change. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yo. Yeah.
3: All right, guys, post-show time, and we've got, uh, you know, there wasn't some other stuff that we, uh, we kind of did here around ReaperCon, Chris was running, uh, Edge of the Empire the entire time, Dave was over here running... Eons the entire time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh yes, thanks to the um, yes. Yeah, so you've got the three designers right here: Chris, Krista, myself, Chris Bump. So um, everybody at the table, I think, got a chance to play, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. All right. Well, you guys, we'll remedy that here after the show, though. We'll play again. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. so well, I think we we've, we've got both prototypes no, right. so we might play both. We might play two games up until the uh, Auction starts. Uh, cooperative. Yes. Yeah. So we've been we ran a bunch of games where we played the the game as written. The rules as written, uh, the way that it will be published and you guys saw production copies of the game that are just prototypes. So first, what y'all think of the art? Does it is a, it's a good looking game. Yeah. Our work watching you by Christopher West is astounding.
6: Yes,
3: everyone. Yes. Okay, and uh gameplay. We we have we have a sparkling record in so in terms of everybody's everybody sparkling glitter glitter bombs <laughs> going off <laughs> in <laughs> the game. Uh all all of my sessions were positive. Uh, everyone had really great things to say. The uh, We didn't have any clear runaway victories, we didn't. We had pre- pretty competitive games the entire time. Uh,
2: so what you're trying to say, Dave, is this is a really, 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 really awesome game? It's an awesome game.
3: Okay. I, I, and I'm, you know, I'm biased. I'm one of the designers, right? So I'm biased. But, here's the trick. We switched it up yesterday evening and I ran two co-op games. And the result of the co-op was nothing short of spectacular. And which 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 co-op rule set did you play with? We played with the Alpha. The the way um, if you you guys had to get the prototypes and what I'm going to load up on the website is we have three scenarios: Alpha, Beta, and and Alpha Bravo Charlie. We're going just with bananas. ABC. Um, The Alpha one is race against or preparing for the Big Bang. The idea, if you guys know eons, right? Normally, you're counting down on the on the uh, entropy scale until it hits zero. Once it hits zero, the game's over. Well, in in preparing for the Big Bang, the entropy counter starts at zero. It goes up to 19, and once it goes over 19, the game's over. We were um, we were playing with Paul Ritoshi, uh, and Phil. We were running a four-player game, and every turn, every account phase. The Entropy Counter goes up from 0 to 4 to 8 to 12. So you get five turns. Five turns, the four of you have to collectively build 125 victory points worth of Cosmic Bodies. And it's hard. Yeah, it, w- it was it was really close. Yeah. We had to start blowing up our own stuff to man, bring the Entropy Counter back gone. down, because the, the, the regular rules apply. So we right, started, well, hey, we started supernovaing our own stuff, cosmic collisioning our own planets, in an effort to just get extra turns to be able to play. So you guys, Kevin, um, what what did you think? And I didn't ask, I, I didn't ask Paul because he doesn't have a mic. But yeah, you guys, what did you guys think of that? I, I, I want to explore the co-op a little bit because that was different. It was, and it was still, you know, in, in our terms, a play test. We did make one rules modification when I drew all Supernova and Cosmic Collisions <laughs> to be in a, in a co-op scenario. If you have you get one reboot, basically. If, if you, you, you get it all mulligan if you get no Cosmic Bodies, because you have to be off to a fast start. You have to be off to a fast
1: start. I mean,
3: come on. Yeah. No, yeah. It was exciting. It was really exciting.
0: I mean, when we were getting up there and the Entropy Counter was up in the teens. Yeah. And we were in the midst of okay. Can we destroy enough of our stuff to a still advance our counters towards 125 points, and b
3: give us the time we need to okay? We have to we have to make sure we can get this thing to a, denom- a, a denomination of four at least to be able to move that allow that counter to move without us losing the game.
0: Um, and we stopped on a dime. Okay.
3: Yeah, we, we hit one twenty five on the nose. Yeah, one twenty five on the nose. To be able to feel that many things take pretty much like perfect resource balancing. Right. Just, were
0: stressed. Yeah. yeah,
3: and I lo- that that where we hit one twenty five, I lost two stars because yeah. that we ran out of oxygen in the pool and I couldn't fuse from carbon to oxygen. And even though I lost the two stars at the end of that account phase, we hit one twenty five and the entropy
5: counter hit 19. And you so, some, I mean, we were done.
4: We got some really
3: interesting back and forth there, where I lost a star because I could not fuse it into oxygen. All the oxygen was spent, and it was like, "Where's the neutron star? Who's got a neutron star? No one's got a neutron star." Okay, next round, we're building a neutron star, so we can have some sort of what? You need this cell. There you go. Okay, keep your stars going. Um, it's a hell back and forth of, "Hey, listen, I've got a black hole. You've got a pos star over there. It's only giving you one victory point." This black hole is giving us five. I'm going to blow up that star. Okay, so we designed the neutron stars as a mechanic to provide a new avenue of play in the competitive, but you're saying it created a whole new avenue of play in a completely different way way for the cooperative. It gets elements back in the element stockpile. You need elements?
0: Yeah. Crap. There you go. Now there's two oxygen in the pool. Now your star This star
3: was going to blow up if there was no iron. I happened to have two iron. I sold it back to the resource pool because I had the neutron star. Same thing happened later with oxygen. I sold two oxygen so he could fuse. Wow. Yeah. It, exactly. It, it was all teamwork, and it was it was exciting. That, like I said, that last round. Like, are we gonna make it?
0: With with the competitive with the competitive play, you have the rules out, but when the to play,
5: the yeah. way it plays yeah.
0: is a different aspect. It's like two different games.
3: But you only need to learn the rules. You only once. need
0: to learn the rules
4: once. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's funny how you, you're using the same. I don't remember one of you guys said it, but I don't remember who. That's that you're using the same rule set. But it, it might have been Phil. You're using the exact same rule set, but it feels like a totally different game. Yeah,
5: totally. Completely different. Which is just a great
3: selling point. I'm going to go through withdrawals of this game yeah. after leaving here <laughs> until August when I get in the mail. I can't wait I'm to get it on the table. table, table. Like, oh, yeah. So Alright, so um, who who at this table traveled the farthest distance to get here, by the way? We have a contest going. Um, um, let's see. I'm from Boston. Yeah. What, what's further Boston or San Jose? Let me see. Google Maps. Google Maps. <laughs> yeah. Google Maps. Does Google Maps
0: have
2: e- a pass B- the
3: Ravenflies or is it off my road? No. Yeah, oh actually, wait, wait, there's a, there's a, if you just go to the internet, you can just do like a distance between...
2: Alright, hold on. Boston, and... How long were you on a plane? Um, like... Boy. But that isn't
0: necessarily
2: yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah, it's.
4: it says... Yeah, yeah.
3: Hmm.
2: You came 1775 miles. Oh. I, no, it's like it's
3: like 1450 from yeah. from where I am, so I think it's you. Alright, there it is. So that's that's who wins the uh, prototype copy of the game. Woo! Are you effing me? Nope. There you go. Right. Withdrawal <laughs> With cure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like Chris's module.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> there you go.
0: Dude, thank you so much! Yeah. I'm
3: gonna play and the hell now, out of this you, game you, have us, you have to let us. use it one more <laughs> when we play the next. Oh, yeah. 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 But aside from that, we uh, we made one. Uh, we made one extra copy as a prototype, and um, and it was it, it, half. Half of it was uh, we wanted to, to we wanted to have an extra prototype just to have it, and then uh, after all this, Chris and I kind of got together and said, hey, you know, you came all the way down here. And we were pretty sure you were the one that traveled the longest distance, so we just we wanted to make sure you went you went home with it you loved it. So Dude, that, thanks, man. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. So, so happy, first happy first reader, Happy first reader.
4: For those who are not on Justin's TV, Wait.
3: the
0: Those two screens. I think takes up the entire room. So,
2: <laughs> 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 All right, now I got a tough question for you. It's, this the best moment, or with Bohemian Rhapsody with, <laughs> Nothing with seven other guys, or seven other people and a gal and a,
3: Nothing compared, compared to Bohemian Rhapsody in the car. That was magic. That, that, was, was, that was Texas magic.
2: It was pretty awesome, huh? Nothing
3: really matters
4: but that. <laughs> 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 Nothing really matters.
3: <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh yes perfect.
2: Alright. All right.
3: <laughs> no, there we go.
4: We had oh a, God, there's
2: people out
3: there
1: singing it now.
4: Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's like,
2: like when
1: I started Sweet Caroline earlier.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we had to take Phil to a barbecue place in Texas so he could have some true you go to
3: treadways? Texas oh, yeah, barbecue treadways. Yeah. <laughs> 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 And to be fair, and to be clarified, like those are from Texas, this place is a, a shack yes. on the side of the road yep. with only outdoor seating yep. and a giant smoker oh, that only yes. uses pecan. Oh, the,
4: the, 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 list the, list.
3: the listed hours are like around like 10 or so, but you know, maybe we won't be here until noon. Like I love it. Open until like maybe 4 or 5, sometimes later. Sometimes we're not here when we're supposed to be. I
1: <laughs> <laughs> those to say open, close. It's like open. Yes. Close, the, probably.
3: The, guys <laughs> the barbecue pit is bigger than oh, yeah. the, the shack.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So yeah. So we traveled there, and it was it was in my my big ass truck, and there's um, me and seven other guys in this vehicle, and uh, on the way back we uh, started a rendition of full acapella. Full acapella Bohemian Rhapsody. It was. Quite epic and beautiful and wonderful. Yeah, and we were
3: harmonizing it. and you know vocal instrumentalizing. <laughs> I wouldn't call it harmonizing. No. <laughs> I would not call that
2: harmonizing. It was beautiful for the moment, not for the sounds necessarily. It was it
3: was about camaraderie. It's like you're beautiful oh, yeah. on the inside, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: You're beautiful to anywhere but my ears. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Man, do you ever want a, a a country fried steak sandwich? My god. I had uh, <clears throat> they have what did what did you guys have? So I had the uh, the pork one, the, the porky. The porky the porky it sandwich. Was,
0: it it was everything bad for you and it was delicious. Whole
3: pork, smoked ham, yeah, Swiss cheese sandwich. and bacon.
0: Uh, and I had fried pie. Which uh, I think you're I have never of fried, had fried pie,
3: pie, pie. Is the best. and a diet coke. Well yeah. they, all these all these all these people all, all y'all people from Blue Steiges, <laughs> y'all are y'all y'all, 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 y'all are like, What's a fried pie? I'm like, You don't know what a fried pie is? It's like, no, what's a fried pie? I'm like it's a Hostess cherry pie without the fleet.
4: Yeah,
3: <laughs> and, and everybody and I was like, "Yes, that is what that is what I just ate." <laughs> yep. Yep. So very very nice. Okay, so Reapercon, another huge, obviously one of the biggest parts of Reapercon. One of the reasons Reapercon started was painting. Okay, there's oh, massive man. miniature wargaming here, massive miniature painting, and they were talking about the award ceremony last night, how they had. Some of the highest quality and, and largest number of works they've ever seen. They handed out more medals this year than ever. Yeah, what were are saying? They like normally they hand out more certificates than medals, but this year. Yeah. yeah. And, and and it's not a competition of you're trying to beat that guy there and that guy there. You're trying to beat your personal best.
0: More right. or less. So
2: they basically every single piece that's entered, and they had over three hundred entries this year, is judged individually and so they look at the the painting quality the shading quality the basing quality the creativity the storytelling depending it, on the category it's against like
3: like the standard against uh,
2: yeah and they say that how good is this and then look at it all together and say well this person did silver level quality work or bronze or certificate or or gold they also hand out what they call sophies so in each category whoever performed the best Second best, third best, will get a Sophie, and that's if it's a Reaper miniature. So that's that's how it goes. So everybody can get an award if everybody's entering in that quality award. And there were so many good quality work. They handed out a lot of medals yesterday. A lot, and all of them were, were deserving. They really were.
3: I will post it up on Facebook later but I took pictures of there was an absolute gorgeous. It wasn't standard character scale. The like the standard character skill mini, which I forget how many millimeters that is. Uh uh, but they, it there was a Han Solo that was
5: extremely well done. He won uh
2: I'm pretty sure he got uh awesome. Well crap. I know he got at least a silver and he might have gotten a gold.
3: I think he may have gotten a gold. I mean that the the, yeah. the, the eyes yeah, the eyes in that mini were stupendous. The coloration was fantastic, but then there was like a massive uh like like eight times larger uh you had scout trooper on speeder bike. Yeah. Oh, right. He got a bronze. bronze and mm-hmm. it was it was good work and it was that was diorama. He had a full because he had or I don't know if it got in diorama or not. It didn't
2: get in diorama because there's
3: only technically one figure. There's uh, only okay, technically one figure. Uh, but the basing on that it was he had the, the whole I mean that was just gorgeous.
2: The basing was amazing work. as a man who has a
3: biker scout costume, that looks phenomenal. Yeah. And it to me like I want sentences that start with that phrase. My lord. <laughs> you'd
4: be surprised. <laughs> I'm
3: telling you, man, you'd be surprised. Oh, I got one of those.
4: about you, know, you
3: have one of those. So the, the, the things that, that I guess surprise me are, I'm I'm not a good painter, um, and so I mean, I'm not not to the quality of my wife, but any sorts of imagination. Uh, and uh, so I, I'm like, oh, that's amazing, and she's like, it's okay. And I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, what do you mean it's okay? And she, she's like pointing out things, and I'm like, and I'm like, this is like, well. The, the shading and the you know the, the lighting was it considered properly? And I'm like, the lighting. And she's like, yeah. The, you know, it's like, oh, okay. And then I'll see something and I'm like that's pretty good, and she goes like, that's phenomenal. <laughs> that's absolutely phenomenal. The technical, phenomenal. Of the technical that. detail that piece is so difficult to do. I'm like, this is what you get for having an award-winning
4: wife. Like
2: award. <laughs> Some of the stuff it's not it's not necessarily flashy, but when you look at it and you're like, to when you start painting, you realize how difficult it is to get a certain kind of effect using certain colors on certain surfaces, and it is really technically difficult. And it doesn't just I think to just looking at a piece, you're like, hey, it's somebody in a brown cloak. You know what? That brown cloak was really hard to paint.
3: So, Krista, can you tell us about your winning piece, and
2: and,
3: and what was the mo- the hardest part? What was the challenge for you in that piece? Um,
5: Describe it first of course. So okay, so
2: it. so, um, I decided to start sticking with doing demotivational posters for my mini paintings, and uh, last year I did one, and it was um, intimidation. Nobody can intimidate you, but you'd be stupid to withhold that from your, uh, from your, superiors. And it was a big dog growling at a little bitty dog. Um, this year, I did Ambition. And it the demotivational picture, if you go, you can Google it and find it. It's one of the first things that comes up. And it's a bear in a stream. And there's a trout jumping out of the water into its mouth. And it's Ambition. Um, sometimes the journey of a thousand miles can end very, very poorly. <laughs> and for me, the most difficult part was the pacing, Like, I can paint pretty well if I'm if I'm in the right situation. But the basing for me I always struggle with that. And that's putting something around it.
3: I've done some battletech miniatures with, with similar basing nature basing. That stuff's hard. It's it is hard. difficult to make it look like a rock and look right.
2: Yeah. yeah. And that or a
3: tree or, or a scrub or a plastic crater. That's tricky.
2: Which is the feedback that I got from the judges. This year this year, they're like, you know, it looks good, it's a great story, I think that's what really got me the silver instead of the bronze, and the, the painting on the bear was really nice, and the lighting on it was nice, but the basing, it helps tell the story, but I didn't, the rocks didn't look as much like rocks as they should have, and
3: so you got, you got, and it's ironic because you use rocks in it. Um
2: <laughs> okay. I used rocks and then paint
3: it all. <laughs> uh, 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 but so you got you got a bronze last year and that was your first entry. Yeah. And typically first entries will often get a certificate of merit, which is like no, listen, good works, you know, with some improvement, you know, you can get you can get the same if you're on your way. Your first entry got you a bronze. Okay. And you were blown away, and you, you worked so hard this year to try and improve and then you came out with a silver.
2: Yeah. So very so now it gets go, really it now it gets really difficult put no. you know, yeah. the, the Gamer Nation down.
3: <laughs> no pressure.
6: You
2: know, one of the things that they do and I think this is really interesting, it's it's a whole other world I wasn't really ever exposed to is when you put in a mini, they ask, Okay, do you wanna put up um this do you wanna put this mini up for silent auction? And when you start doing a mini like that and spending so much time, you're like Somebody's gonna want to take my baby. Home. <laughs> Do you know how much time and effort and energy and thought I put into this? No,
3: but you've got painters that are of this epic caliber, yeah. I mean, uh, and
2: there's there's you, quite a few pieces that are, yeah. Um,
5: yeah.
2: Derek Schubert Derek did, um, Schuber. am- he, mm-hmm. yeah, he's amazing. He's always gonna get a, a gold Sophie because he just his work is just epic. Dan like Forrester and, and Michael Proctor. And I don't
3: know if this won Best in Show. I don't remember, so I, I could be mistaken. I, I, think I might be wrong, but there was a, a horse.
2: Yes, it won Best in Show. Okay,
3: there's a horse that won Best in Show, and I understand that that was a commissioned piece that she had done, and after the competition, she'll be sending it to the person who commissioned it, who was George R. 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 Martin. Whoa. Oh, I believe
4: wow. that's right. Yeah.
3: Uh, commissioned
5: that. So,
2: yeah, um, and so it's got it scenes... I believe from some of his stories, and she free-handed it, so it's a horse with a figure on top, and the horse has a basically a cloak over it, and on this cloak, she free-handed this amazing. I mean, if it was a full-scale painting, it would be gorgeous and in, in a home on its own right, but it's miniature-sized, and on top of that, she kept with the tradition. The with mini's, you do shading and you do highlights on. Where the shadows would be and the light would hit. And so it still, it still follows all of those general rules with the speaking detail you know, work. Steve McMartin,
3: one of the other pieces everyone's talking about the submissions yeah. this year, um, it wasn't a Reaper Mini, obviously, so it, it could do a Sophie, but I think it did pretty well in terms of meddling, I think. Um, I'm not sure. I think it just looks good. Was well, There was a, a, a 12 inch uh, Mini, a, a sculpt of uh, Daenerys Targaryen uh, after. after being consumed in flames and the rising with the baby dragons. Yeah. You're um, just like, whoa. A little graphic. It, was, it was a little graphic, but it was um, hot. It was. <laughs> uh,
2: well, that. But yes. it, was,
3: it was absolutely gorgeous. So, let yeah. get a little hot inside those giant robes. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's Texas. I'm wearing three layers. Got me some slack. Cut down some slack. Yeah,
2: but there was some great, they, <laughs> they, a they had back. a youth section and that was really great. They had an infant section of it that was adorable. That
3: was awesome. That was great <laughs> to see. I mean, you're looking up at the monitors and they, they display all the, all the minis that are upstairs in the, the, the exhibition room and they're cycling through it and then you get to this one night, it's got paint on it and it says, Entered so-and-so, infant. I'm like, that's adorable. That
0: so adorable. Because
3: that, that kid is going to see that Just that's going to make his event. That is going to make his day. They're well, I don't know crazy.
2: if a 14 month old really recognized it. <laughs> well,
3: but she wasn't the only one. I mean, there were youth groups up there. Uh-huh. You see that up
2: there.
3: And those kids are some amazing work of their own.
2: There was some kids that that they got bronzes. There was a oh, couple yeah. that got silvers. And there was one boy who got a gold in the youth division. You?
0: Was that wow. you? You got the gold? Yeah. Was that you, Brady?
2: Yeah. What did you say? Who are you?
5: Sharon
3: Connie? And what did you do for a?
1: What was your what was your piece?
2: It's no separate warrior. What was, what was, well, was it a, a, a What kind of miniature was it? Was it like a barbarian or orc or? It was like a snake-like creature that lived in the land.
4: Dude,
3: oh yeah, that one, dude, that was phenomenal. That was great, man.
0: How long yeah. have
2: you been painting? about two years from now? Wow,
3: that's great, man. Congratulations, that's really awesome.
2: That's and was this your first entry? Uh, no, I think it's my second.
3: Second,
0: so you can prove them. Yeah?
2: Yeah, what did you, was it last year that you did one? Uh, Yes. And what did you get last year? Uh, it's like a dragon.
4: Uh huh. And it's like, free, uh, like a fire dragon. Uh huh. And, awesome. and I got like a, a more of a package yeah. yeah. uh, so so one. That's a good, Yeah. You can prove substantially. That's okay. a one. Oh. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well done, man. Yeah.
3: Wait. Hangers, <laughs> I all backing up by this is Chris's favorite convention. <laughs> yeah, this is it's every, every, it's just it's family. Everybody's family. It's amazing.
4: It really is. So
3: all the mini painting, all our gaming, um, there was all this other gaming going on too. I mean, uh, so we were we were fortunate. Um, I, Reaper, Reaper takes care of us. We've always taken care of us, us as well. So the vast majority of the gaming happened actually at the hotel. Okay. Um, not here at Leaper Tower, where we were fortunate enough to be granted a table.
4: Okay?
3: Um, so we were here with basically it was us and,
4: and Pathfinder
3: Society. And of course, when, Mon- when Monty Cook came in and ran his demo demo there, they brought him in. Um, that was fascinating to watch, even though I was I only caught a few minutes during the break in the middle of my session. But no maps, no minis, and the character sheets look amazing. And Imani is such an animated character. Did, and he's, did, he's such a great GM. Who did the uh, artwork
2: for Numenera?
3: The maps. <laughs> maps for Numenera, brought to you by Christopher West, <laughs> the master of master. <laughs> So yeah, but there was, I mean, like, all kinds of role-playing games going on. There was a whole bunch of Savage Worlds being played, lots of d and um, D. Another friend of the show who's been on a past, Casey Close, who's not here right now, ran numerous sessions of Fiasco. They got
4: huge, huge
3: positive reviews over at Hilton. Um. God. Yeah. there's just there's a ton of games. <laughs> okay. You guys get to play World War Wonderland. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was intense. <laughs> you you <laughs> ever played World War before, right? Not World And that's that's that's. I okay, so had Yeah.
2: Somebody had something air show. So
3: and so World uh, War is 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 a uh, Reaper's proprietary you know tactical skirmish combat system. Uh, yes. Okay. And and they have this scenario it's they so do funny. for for World War Wonderland. Well, how was it? That's crazy. It
2: was awesome.
3: And so we wow. all also- Yeah. As you play the game, what happens is you take your turn, you're running around various sections of Wonderland, and you're trying to search for, uh, you're trying to search around and picnic points so that you can get chess pieces. When you have at least two chess pieces, you can move
0: to the looking glass, go up to the chess board, and your objective is to move your chess pieces, chess moves and chess capture moves, and move your piece to the other end of the s- other end of the board. And that's all you're trying to do. You Not to kill the king. Take out the queen. You don't even have to take out anybody. Just get to
3: the other side of the board. And as you're searching, card, uh, uh, card soldiers could appear. Slidy toads could appear. You could be attacked by the Jabberwock. Um, and all all these weird random effects. You can increase size, decrease size. And one card was pulled. Um, it was um, your place setting is dirty. Everyone moved to the left. And everyone who wasn't at the chessboard, who didn't have a character up the chessboard, had to put down their character sheets, put down their cards they had one, put down their chess pieces they had won, and take a big old step to the left, and start playing that character.
2: <laughs> and we were doing it for like two people that were on separate sections, there's four different sections, we're moving at the same time. But my turn was after someone that pulled that card. I was I just got up onto the chessboard and they are like, nope, you have to go back because everybody has to switch. So then, Chris Bradshaw
3: can <laughs> <laughs> I went from having the king and a rook to two pawns. <laughs> 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 I, <laughs> I went from having
2: nothing at all. <laughs> True. Oh, <no. laughs>
3: I'll be off with <awkward> complaints. <laughs> whining is a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so, uh, so uh, last year, I think one of you. So it is possible to kill the Jabberwock. Oh, oh, they, they killed the Jabberwock. Okay, did they, did they... Three people ganged up on the Jabberwock this time. So last year they gave, like, specialty buttons or tokens if you killed the Jabberwock. But I guess people figure out, okay, that's what we gotta do now. So that was like a good the Actually, for what I remember, the special token was if you were eaten by the Jabberwock. Oh, that was eaten the, like the Jabberwock. ate me. Oh, that's, yes. right. that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah, that Jabberwock came out and three people jumped it. Dude. No one had the Vorpal blade They just jumped it. Dude. It actually came down to me and the other guy who had the queen. I had a rook and he had a queen, and it was literally which one of us was going to come up first in the rotation. Either of us had a one move to the other end of the board, and we'd win. He won. He he came up first in the rotation. The queen just moved
0: the end, and we won. Real, good, real real fun game. If you ever come to Reaper, you have to play Warlords in one line. They run it a few times during the event each day. It's like two hours,
3: maybe a little more, you know, depending. But absolute fun. Absolutely. fun. Well, guys, I think we need to call it. The auction is coming up and uh, in, in, in an, an hour or two, and uh, i got to get wait, some lunch.
2: Wait, Auction. Auction. Um, you probably need to explain to some of the listeners at home what the auction
3: is. Well, we've done this before, but, uh, uh so every event you participate in, uh, as, uh, any event, um, every hour you participate, you will get ten Reaper Bucks, um, and Reaper Bucks are used in the Reaper Auction, where Reaper and other uh, other uh, companies, and I know we're we're donating LV. a couple, yep, one or two are. copies of additional Wars. Yep. Um, uh, put up merchandise. Reaper has all kinds of merchandise and paints and figurines and swag and minis and all kinds of other stuff. And you can auction on stuff. books. Some of the coolest stuff they have every year are uh, like free passes for next year's year here. Build your own mini.
4: Build your own mini.
3: Those are, those are the hottest. The hottest ones are always build your own mini where. Where it always goes for the highest amount, where you can have one of their sculptors custom sculpt and they will cast a specific mini for you. Um, they also usually have uh, high, it's like staff painters or other uh, award-winning painters do custom custom paints for you. You know, do your own painting. They'll often have that. But, yeah, that's really exciting. I kind of wanted to see. Oh yeah. Oh
6: yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. We haven't because uh, somebody, the talent decided to show up late,
3: we didn't get a chance to look at the auction. <laughs> <laughs> all I get said, this way Guys, this has been a great con. Um, uh, uh, TG, Krista, Hudson, Paulie, Kevin, Arachelle, Bradshaw, Phil, Ray. <laughs> uh, and, of course, my wonderful host, GM Dave. Guys, thank you all for joining us after this extra special episode of the Order Sixty Six podcast, thank all the glance and Edge of the Empire with um, And I, I had an absolutely great time. I look forward to seeing uh, uh, hopefully all of you next year, um, and many more who are out there listening in the Nation land. Time to sign off. Wrapped. Yep.
4: Good night. Good night and good luck. Good luck. Yep. <laughs>